Hi, I'm Carmel Jane and welcome to the Carmel Jane Talks Business Podcast. This podcast unearths real stories from female entrepreneurs about their journey to success. Get inspired and discover top tips, advice and real life experience on how to start a business, grow a business and create something you're truly proud of. I want to change lives by helping women to empower themselves with outstanding businesses that give financial freedom and make a difference. Rather than working like men, we can work like women and create corporate cultures and businesses based on positivity, empowerment and kindness. This week's episode is Wellbeing Matters and we have the wonderful Mandy Baker on the show. Not only is she the FD of a multi-million pound company, she also runs the Zone Club, gym membership for your mind. The Zone Club offers online membership providing motivation, confidence and achievement through courses and community. Mandy helps clients to treat their mental well-being like physical health, building resilience and taking care of their entire well-being. Today she's going to share her top tips and advice on why looking after our well-being is fundamental to success. In our social media section, I have a big development to share which I am super excited about. Listen in for the announcement later in the show. And just a reminder, if you have any business questions you would like answered, email in on carmel at carmeljane.co.uk or post on our Facebook page, Carmel Jane Talks Business. We would love to hear from you. Get ready to dream bigger, believe bigger and make a difference. I'm Carmel Jane here with Carmel Jane Talks Business here on Phoenix 98FM every Wednesday from 1 till 3. And today we have, a, that was a well-timed song, Wonder Woman, because we have the gorgeous, fabulous and very positive Mandy Baker in the studio. Welcome, Mandy. Hello. Thank you for having me. Very excited, very positive. I like this one. <laughs> it's great. Now, Mandy is not only the HR and finance manager at Baker's Label, which is a large um, factory that makes labels, would you believe, in Brentwood. Um, there's 85 employees, a turnover of 10 million. She's HR and finance, but she's also the chief happiness officer. Don't you just love that? Um, all very much about her, her positivity and things, and she keeps all the staff happy. She also runs and owns the Zone Club, which is a gym membership for your mind online membership program. So she is all about motivation and confidence and well-being, and we've got her here today. Excited to be here? I know, very <laughs> excited to be here. Smiling, like this. Everyone who knows me knows that I can't stop talking most of the time. <laughs> She's great, be really good. So Mandy, just maybe tell us a little bit about what you did at Baker's. Well, we've grown quite rapidly in the last sort of six or seven years and having been HR manager, I realised that with our growing number of employees, um, I needed to be better qualified to deal with the issues that we were dealing with and um, the people are our greatest asset, so they're the ones that we need to look after. I actually met um, Steve, Mandy's husband, before I met Mandy and I did photos at, at Baker's Labels and even kind of before I knew about this and knew what you're doing, there is a really cool feel to that place. It's a, it's a big factory, there's a lot of factory workers, um, but it's a family, it's a really quite a special workplace. Yeah, we've always prided ourselves to be a family business, it's how it started. It was started by Steve's mum and dad you know, however many years ago, 46 years ago, and carried on by Steve, and then subsequently me coming in to help as well. And we've always tried to keep that family atmosphere. But you've been quite involved, haven't you? Because you've been 16, since you, you've got boys and they're in their 20s. So for the last 16 years, you, you've helped it grow from, I think, 20 employees to 85. Yes, it's all been me, entirely <laughs> me. Steve, did you hear that? I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you I know Steve's listening. 
Um, but it was a real team effort, wasn't it? Absolutely. And we've got a really fantastic team. And especially since we've been based here in Brentwood in the last seven years, the company has changed quite remarkably. We've got a fantastic management team. Everybody buys into the wellbeing programme and our staff are fantastic as well. And it just breeds that energy that you feel when you come into Baker's. Because I, my catchline for the show and for what I want to do is dream bigger, believe bigger, make a difference. And actually sort of encouraging women to grow bigger businesses because I'm really proud of the 21 people I employ and what what I've helped with their life. But actually your your bakers has that same kind of attitude, doesn't it? That, Absolutely. And you can really look after people. Yes, and luckily we're very lucky to be um, a successful company with the resources to be able to give our people that kind of help. It, not every wellbeing programme has to be expensive, but at Bakers we do have that resource to be able to put towards our people and make sure that everybody... You spend such a lot of time in work, you spend over eight hours a day in work, and I believe that that has to be a happy experience. Yes. I, you know, not unrealistically, I know not every day is fantastic, but, you know, on the whole, it should be a really good experience. Because you just had a big article written in a print magazine, haven't you? All about what you're doing with your yeah. staff. Yeah, yeah. Must be pretty, you look, she looks very proud of that. I see. <laughs> it was me that had managed to do all that. I know, it was a fantastic article. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have written it better myself. <laughs> um, but it is, it's all about how you really, because your staff are your biggest asset. I mean, I say so I'm really happy at Carmel Jane Photography where we are. My life is better, but if everyone's working together, it just makes such a big difference, doesn't it? Yes, we believe that if people um, are happy, they're much more productive, they're more likely to be accurate in their work. And you just want that, you know, as much as obviously I love labels, but label production isn't really my thing. Anyone who knows me knows that, but the people are my thing. And I believe that if you're in a happy space mentally and physically then you're more likely to do a good productive day's work so it makes financial sense for businesses so what is what does the chief happiness officer do, do? i think that's well, i spend a lot of time sitting around talking to people <laughs> it's a tough job. being happy it's a lovely job it's the best job ever we decided that if google have got a chief happiness officer then i think bakers that's should as well but you didn't you didn't just say i'm good at being nice to people you didn't no. actually put in the graph to become a proper coach didn't you <laughs> yes yeah, about four years ago I I realised that with our growing number of staff, I needed to be better qualified to deal with the problems that we were facing. Um, and so I requalified as a coach and NLP practitioner, which is a very silly word for a really great therapy. Um, and that's really, really helped. And um, we also have a fantastic woman who is a counsellor and psychotherapist, and she comes in if we need that as well wow, as part so of our wellbeing programme. This is amazing. And I just wish there was more companies that just saw this staff as an asset and as a moral duty to look after people because that's that's what we should be doing. Well, I apart from it being a much nicer experience all around for everybody, it makes financial sense. You have less absenteeism, you have people much more, um, what's the word, you know, um, okay. engaged with their work. Um, so it does make financial sense. You lose a lot of money through people not being at work. Um, and also it saves on recruitment costs. I know you had Penny in last yeah. week. It saves masses on your recruitment costs because people genuinely want to work for you. And you're attracting staff as well, aren't you? Yeah. You probably don't even have to advertise very Very often. little, very little into, at all. As much as I love Penny, we don't have to move <laughs> use her that often, thank goodness, because... Um, People often, we have a job come up and someone within the company will recommend it to a family or friend because they know, you know, without wanting to blow our own trumpet, it's a nice place to work. 
That is amazing. But um, not happy with being Chief Happiness Officer and FD and everything at Baker's Labels. You have now started the gym, uh, sorry, the Zone Club, haven't you? Yes, yes, which is an online. It's to bring life coaching to the masses from the point of view of making it easy to have access to a life coach type scenario I think that people should think about their mental health in the same way as they do their physical health and every day proactively do something to maintain your mental resilience what do you do every day me personally mm. well <laughs> there's the thing I do lots of things um I've dipped into you know think it's part of my job to dip into a lot of things there's fantastic apps like headspace meditation apps at the moment i'm having a bit of a healthy streak with a six-week challenge that i'm doing with some friends so that's What's much more challenge so we're exercising at the beginning of every day at 6 30 every morning and i'm doing it with some friends who are part of my zone club um and we found that lovely scenario you know it's getting to be lighter in the mornings mm, we're with it, yeah. friends we make it we make it funny and it's teamwork we're not going to let each other down and so it's a good way of motivating yourself to do something what's the end goal with the uh, exercise to lose some pounds <laughs> all those christmas and winter pounds. absolutely christmas and a few holidays has put them on <laughs> Well, I think of well-being as looking after the whole of you. So whether it's your mental health, physical health, your business, your career, whatever it is, it's the whole thing and making sure that there is that balance. And I mean, I touched last week um, with Penny that when you're growing a business and, and running a business, it's easy. And I think if you are entrepreneurial, you're kind of like a dog with a bone, you keep going and going. And a few years ago, the business had been growing. I had had a few staff, but I worked six week, 15 hour days out shooting, running the business. <clears throat> and then when that finished, I just fell over. And then, and it kind of came out this week. And I thought, this is, this is what you help with, isn't it? That, that we get to the point where falling over and spending a week in bed, we just, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, I've not been that bad again. It was just exhaustion. But how do you help people overcome that kind of thing? Well, I think um, a big part of the Zone Club is being mindful in a non-fluffy way um, about yourself and knowing what level you're at. And a little bit of stress is good for everybody, but not so much. And being mindful of knowing yourself and knowing when your levels of stress, stress are going to a certain point, which is going to be detrimental to your physical health. How can you know if the stress levels are going? too high by being mindful <laughs> and <laughs> listening for the you know showing the signs knowing what the signs are and maybe you know probably people close to you were probably saying to you you know you all right is this you know you're doing too much and things like that and it's listening to both yourself and maybe close friends and family as well so if that is happening to people one, how can you, how can they help? What, what do they do apart from just doing less? Because I think it's easy to say doing less, but but if you're an entrepreneur or if you're you're working or you're a busy mum, it's you just want to keep going and going. There's never enough hours in the day. Absolutely, and I know that you. It's very difficult as an entrepreneur to say no to things and no to business, no to customers. You don't want to be doing that. But again, it comes back to this thing that if you start thinking about your mental health in the same way as your physical health, if you know you're coming up to a really busy period in your business like accountants have very busy January, stuff like that. 
think of it in a similar way as if you were training for a marathon. If you were training for a marathon, you'd do a lot of prep leading up to that time and you'd put things in place that would keep you in good physical health. So I think people have to be a bit more proactive like that with their mental state and their well-being. Um, that if you know you've got a busy time coming up, you've got to put in those other things. So you've got to put in a bit of downtime. We know we're all so busy, but we all find time to do other things. But you've got to put in those extra things that are going to be good for your mind and body and soul when you're in a really busy period. I think if you're running a business, I know that I really try and have Saturdays off now. I work a little bit Saturday, Sunday afternoon. But when you stop, it allows time to be creative. And often yeah. those problems get solved and that was a huge problem and going to be really diff- different, difficult as solved because you've given yourself some space. I mean, I am, I'm, I'm really guilty of just doing too much. So if I, is it, is it just about scheduling and being really aware of what, of what too much looks like? Yes, and I think putting in boundaries and probably having, maybe saying to your family as well, with you, maybe you need to say to your family, I'm sure your husband probably says it and your boys say it as well, of saying, when I say that I'm going to have Saturdays off and not work, that they hold you to that, you know, and keep you to those periods of times because as you say, they're the times when you actually focus a little bit more rather than just running around like a headless chicken being busy. That will be that time where you focus a little bit more and maybe you'll think of ways that you can save time and energy going forward for the week ahead. I'm a big fan of getting a cleaner, especially if you're a busy working mum or entrepreneur. Absolutely. What can you delegate? <laughs> what can you delegate? Delegating's great. I was listening, I listened to quite a few different podcasts. I was listening to Rob Moore on The Disruptive Entrepreneur and he said about, he schedules his whole day from five in the morning till nine at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and more of that, I think it's a really good idea to keep disciplined in schedules. He did say from six o'clock to seven o'clock, you know, I'm with my kids. And then from eight, seven o'clock to nine o'clock, I'm doing other stuff. And I just thought, hmm. There's a luxury that a lot of us don't have, isn't there, Mandy? Yeah, and what if your kids don't want to be scheduled between six and seven or seven and eight? I don't think mine would want or to they, be. Or they need their dinner or they need, you know, they wake up in the night or, or whatever. But I think this is part of the difficulty, say, being a, a working mum or a working entrepreneur yeah. is actually, ultimately, it comes down to us, doesn't it? Like, yes. there's lots of lovely men out there, you know, um, but but actually, when you're the mum, and I think, how do you help mums over? Because I think there's the mummy guilt. If you stay at home mum, you feel guilty that you're doing that. If you go out, and I know as a working mum, I've got much better when my boys are coming home. We have, we have breakfast and every dinner together. But actually, I constantly feel guilty that I'm not spending enough time with them. But this is where looking after your own well-being might feel like a guilty thing. And, you know, oh, I've got, I'm so busy and I put enough time in myself where you have to look after yourself because us as mums and business women usually are the hub of the family and that's holding it all together. So you owe it to your family to look after yourself. The same scenario as they say in an aeroplane, put your oxygen mask on first so you can help everybody else. Your kids won't want to see mum lying in a heap on the floor (laughs) because business has pushed her too far. So hopefully that will never happen. But that's why you owe it to everybody else to lead with that example that you're looking after yourself and that there are those times out where you get time to to gather your thoughts but i'm you know why are some people more driven than others what's your motivation and how do you work out what your motivation is well i think the people who are more motivated probably use skill certain skill set and when i studied nlp they actually based that therapy on studying people who excelled in their field and what their habits were and the kind of things they did and the way they thought differently to people who were just good at things so people who are very driven tend to use certain skills like visualizing where their goals 
what their goals are, where they want to be. They're very good at planning and setting in place and writing their goals down. And they will have a plan. That is sort of the main thing. They'll have a plan of where they're going. You know, if you're just tootling through life, you know, if you get to where you're going, that's great. But most people who are very motivated and driven have a plan. And how do you work through with people if they're not as motivated? What, what do we do if people think, oh, I really have got some ideas, I want to I want to do this, but sometimes lack the motivation to keep going. How do you work with these people? Yeah, well, it's sort of going back to basics and thinking through, again, being mindful and thinking, what benefits will I get from getting this goal? Why do I, say if it's business, why do I want to run my own business? You know, what is my the benefits, what will it bring me, how will life be different, what changes will happen. And by thinking about all the things that you'll gain, that slowly builds up that motivation. And then when you take a few bits of action and you get that feel good factor of something works and um, various other things, that builds the motivation. So at the beginning, it's just remembering why do you want to do stuff? I think that's, it's kind of a marketing speak, but it's also when you're running running a business, it's start with why. And if you keep that yeah. why, why am I doing this? Then it really does help with that motivation, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And, and as a coach, you talk to people, you know, if you're starting to lack motivation or your goal isn't going the way you want it to, and for some reason, we challenge that, you know, is the why strong enough? You know, and you go deep on the why. It's very rarely just about money, but in business you know it's usually a much deeper meaning behind that and it's uncovering what your why is I think it has to be bigger than money I think money has to if you're running a business actually you've got to make a profit because mm. that's fundamentally what running a business is but you do you do need to know your, your bigger purpose don't you and, and, and absolutely how you can make a difference and what impact you're going to have and the word purpose is is everything you know what is your purpose and I think particularly women are very keen on that thought as well you know what is our purpose yeah, and so I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. Sometimes people have a little bit of issue with confidence. Mm -hmm. And how do you work with people with that? Well, um, funnily enough, getting out of your comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you? I'm not a wallflower and I'm a confident woman. And doing this radio show, like I am pretty wired on adrenaline. Um, for those of you who don't know, I don't have an assistant. I don't read the news, but I read everything else. I queue it all up. I have to make sure there's not dead air or that I haven't put the microphones up when I haven't. And it's and it's quite fun. And I've got to interview people and make it interesting for the listeners. And it is so outside my comfort I know. Zone. I'm quite enjoying you being in, watching <laughs> you being quite out of your comfort zone. Not terrible. You're not way out of there, but, you know. Yeah, this is, this is tough. But I think all my life I have. And I think that's what builds the confidence. I've done a lot of stuff where um, things have worked or they haven't worked. And so for for anyone listening, I've probably had as many, if not more, failures than I have had successes. And I've had, I'll, I'll tell you a story actually about um, where do school photography now is going exceptionally well, but a, a large uh, local private school asked me to do their, their photos. It was Newhall. Um, I spent all of August learning the online system. I spent a load of money. And then we thought we had five hours and we had three hours. And they said, oh, it doesn't matter. No one buys these photos anyway. And I thought, this is a failure. I've just wasted a month of my life, a whole lot of money. I, I didn't really need to do the school photography. Everything was, and do you know what? It was the best thing I ever did. Our photos are fantastic. And if I hadn't made that leap, if I hadn't pushed myself, I mean, it's made a massive, massive difference to our business. But it's about 
doing, I think, some of those baby steps, isn't it? Yes. Confidence. And do you know what? Hearing that story that you've told will help other business women. And this is why I've got such great faith in the power of the group. And this is why I'm building communities. And this is why, you know, you and I love women in business pulling together because you hear a story like that and someone else might be in exactly the same situation and they might think they have to give up because they've failed, you know, at that. And hearing you, that's great hearing your failure, but you also hear that you went on to have great success and that gives people inspiration. Yeah, that are some ideas that, that haven't worked, but but usually dance schools and schools are within one. I asked, I got asked for a dance school photographer, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I couldn't do dance school photography, but I made it work. And now we're going to photograph 320 dance schools this year with the largest in the UK. And that was on me going, I'm going to give this a go. Mm. Give it a go. But I, I did some stuff with bar school that didn't work so well. Some other bits and pieces that haven't actually worked. But the two things that and I thought, oh, this has been huge. And now I have a whole business and and where the dance school is the largest in the southeast. And and it was because I stepped outside my comfort zone and, and be okay to fail. It's, it's and I okay. imagine it felt quite uncomfortable, that that feeling of thinking, I don't like using the word failure all the time, but you, we all know what I'm talking about. It was probably very uncomfortable, that feeling oh. of failure. But the difference between you and somebody else was that you carried on. You had that horrible, uncomfortable feeling, but you thought, no, I'm going to learn from this, use my experience and move forward and make it into a success. And I think it's, it's making a calculated risk as well, but but those little bits of confidence breathe confidence. So yeah. I kind of throughout my life have liked to do spontaneous and impulsive things. And, and that does breathe the confidence. But so how else do you help do you help women if they are struggling with that confidence to know that they can do it? Well we tend to be quite harsh on ourselves and human beings tend to remember the bad things. And as you talk to people, they'll give clues as to success and things that they've been good at. And if you actually point them out to people, that then reminds them that they have got skills. But as humans, we tend to remember the bad things instead of the good. So sometimes it's good to have somebody to reflect the good things that you've achieved. And often people forget what they have achieved and how far they've come. And again, they just think about the things that they haven't achieved. And you think, no, you've actually come a long way. And a coach can help somebody see their achievements and that breeds confidence. And so we said on the program a few weeks ago that actually you you overestimate what you can do in the one year but underestimate what you can do in five years. And yeah. actually you can if and it's about taking those steps and knowing that I think I think especially in the social media age we all expect overnight success and we can totally see everyone else you know, nailing it and, and remembering that social yeah. media we're putting in a smiley face. Except Mandy. Oh, this is a great story. She was up this morning doing her run and she did a Facebook Live. She just is not, she <laughs> just goes, here I, oh, it's in the dark. <laughs> I think she's without any makeup on. I know. <laughs> well, it's very dark, luckily, at six o'clock in the morning. And it, I've, I've put out three Facebook Lives recently that are completely black. And I'm worried about the daylight starting off because I've got no makeup and I've literally just oh. rolled out of bed. So I'm not mad keen on being fine. seen like that. But I do think confidence is more attractive than powers of makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a fan of makeup too, Mandy. <laughs> I know, as I've got older, I've realised. Always good, always good. And we have the wonderful Mandy Baker, who is not only the Chief Happiness Officer at Baker's, Baker Labels, she also has the Zone Club, and she's all about helping, is it mainly women or is it, is it men and women? It is, I don't like to sound like I'm excluding men, but it is mainly women. Oh, that's okay. 
okay. We love maybe over movie. a certain age as well. Grown up women. Grown up women. We like grown up women. And so we've been talking about well-being and how super important it is if you're going to be successful in business and in life. Um, you just you really need to look after your your whole self and not overdo it and burn out. We looked at looking at what your motivation is and why you do things. But let's have a little bit of the physical wellness. Why is it so important? We kind of do know, but but why is it so important to keep up that physical wellness? Because if you don't have physical wellness, you're not going to have the energy levels that you need to run a business. We all know it takes a lot of mental and physical energy to run a business, come up with new creative ideas, head up a team, all the things that are connected with running a business. So you need to be at the peak physical fitness. And you're getting up at half past six every morning. Yes, I've only been doing that for three days, so oh, I'm not going to pretend. Three days, yeah. I'm definitely. Every morning. Yeah, I'm funny. no gym bunny. I'm just, you know, what I, I pride myself in Zone Club that we are just normal women. None of us are, you know, in the gym every single day and manically going at it. I'm definitely not that person. But at the moment, I'm I'm getting up at six thirty. Have you? And did you say you've got an end goal on this as well? So you're not going to say I'm getting up at six o'clock for the rest of my life? And no, we're doing it for six weeks because we know and I know that this works for me. And at the Zone Club, we also say it's all about you. What works for you? And I know that if it was open ended, I wouldn't do it. It's a six week deadline so I know that I can do this for six weeks I'm doing it with friends so I'm committed use all those tactics to motivate yourself to stick at that's it a, that's a really good idea isn't it to just have the end goal and I anyone that knows me knows I love tennis I would play tennis every single day if I could and that is my physical I, I absolutely love it yesterday I had an hour and a half lesson I might even go to tennis tonight and and it's it makes such a massive difference to me because and also when you're playing tennis you can't think about anything else but hitting that ball Absolutely. otherwise you start thinking about work and you hit the ball out and it's no good but for me that it was kind of a turning point two and a half years ago and I discovered it if you can find something you Absolutely. love which because I think I was going to the gym for a while but if your, your end goal is just to kind of look good or whatever that's not the bigger goal. No, and also doing something that you don't enjoy is never going to be sustainable. So you have to find something that even if... So at the moment, going to the gym, I don't enjoy going to the gym, but I enjoy seeing my friends. So that is my motivation to get there. And finding tennis for you, there's so many things out there that you can do. It doesn't have to just be running around or going to the gym. There's dance classes, there's ballet fitness, there's swimming, there's all sorts of things that you can we, do. Um, we do the dance schools and a few times there are a tap class. I think the oldest woman dancing one year was 90 and it, they did a swan yeah. leg and it was just gorgeous. So there is, so there's lots of, and they, these women love it and it's so much fun, but it's something different and it's getting yourself moving isn't it yeah and i think we also have this mindset that unless we're not enjoying it and it's horrible it's not good for you where that's just not true like at baker's we're this week we're starting badminton after work on a thursday oh, everyone's doing it on the factory floor no <laughs> <laughs> Although we we have got um i was going to say ping pong that's a bit of an old-fashioned thing table tennis we have got table tennis at work but we're doing um badminton tomorrow at the brentwood center oh, i think right here. yeah absolutely right here because everybody loves that and and, you know, it, just because you love it doesn't mean it's not good for you. No, I like that. It releases hormones, doesn't it? It does, endorphins, which counteracts the cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So the idea is that you've got to be aware of how much stress hormone you're going to be producing throughout the day and then counteract it with endorphins and dopamine that make those levels of cortisol go down. I think I've worked out why I play tennis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> counteract all that adrenaline and chill me out a little bit. Um, 
So, I mean, the physical, we do know about this stuff, but I think that's a huge tip. Set some, set a goal, set a deadline. If it's not something you deeply love, do it with friends, make some commitment and, and find something you enjoy, isn't it? You have a bit of a laugh with, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also the thing is to know how you work the best and what works well for you. So if you do an exercise first thing in the morning, your brain and your physical body are at their optimum energy levels. As the day goes on, your brain is using up energy and you're running out of willpower so you've got potentially eight if you're thinking I'm going to do exercise in the evening you've got eight hours to talk yourself out of that exercise unless you love it like tennis and that's the best time to play whereas I know with myself that I would talk myself out of going to the gym if I had eight hours to think about it whereas it's very difficult to jump out of bed and come up with a million excuses why not to do it so you've got it done you know your brain is full of energy your willpower is, is optimum and so do it first thing in the day and it sets up the rest of the day fantastically um, what's your plan after the six weeks of doing the morning exercise with your friends? I uh, haven't come up with that yet. <laughs> Take up tennis. <laughs> tennis. <laughs> um, so mental well-being, what can we do to, so, I mean, do the physical, I think, helps hugely. Actually, a friend of mine is a psychologist and she reckons that actually antidepressants, I know that there's people who are clinically depressed, but actually sometimes they just need some exercise. Yes, I mean, I don't don't know too much about the medical things of antidepressants, but I do know that trying to keep the basics in place, even when time's difficult and you're hitting a bad, stressful time, do the basics, which is getting a good amount of sleep, plenty of water, a little bit of exercise, even if it's tiny, just getting outdoors is a good thing. And keeping those basics going will help you physically counteract some of the mental things. But there's a massive amount of evidence to suggest that physical exercise is really great for your mental resilience. So basically, it is um, an online digital platform. So people can log into a website and access video training courses and things like, you know, short motivational videos. So it's all listening. So you can do it on the move with your headphones in and all the rest of it. But connected to it is a Facebook community. So that is where all the members in the group can talk to each other. And as you know, I'm a massive fan of the power of the group and especially group of women. And so you get that feedback from everybody. You know, if you're having a bad day, someone else will pop in and say, oh, I've been there. Don't worry, keep going. And it is all about the whole of us, not just, you know, it can be have you drunk more water today? Have you put on a face and mask people, this evening? You know, it's all the the whole big picture. And people are quite active in the group and communicating. This. How much work do you... We, we have a whole other podcast on um, on radio show. Let's on, do how to, it. On digital businesses and online businesses. <laughs> that That's a massive area, I have to tell oh, you. I know, I'm kind of looking into it. And it's a really growing area as well. Yeah. Um, so people are quite they interact quite a lot on your group. Yeah, absolutely. And the whole point, the reason I did it was because it's all very well having a session one-to-one with a coach and that's fantastic, but we're all really busy. And what you need is just a short burst of motivation and support every single day, which of course we carry our phones around with us all the time. So we have got access to each other sort of more or less 24 hours a day, but we do sleep obviously because we need to get good sleep so that we're brilliant the next day. Let's have a wind up on the wellbeing. Um, as much as I'd love to talk about your digital business, <laughs> Um, so let's just say, so wellbeing is so important. What would be your top tips, Mandy? Um, well, from a personal point of view, I'd say top tips are remember the basics, getting good, you know, concentrating on getting good sleep, getting plenty of water, eating good, healthy food as much as you can. I mean, being realistic, 
you know, just make try and make as best a decision you can given that moment and manage your stress levels. Be proactive about managing those stress levels. And it's okay just to chill out on the sofa absolutely. for half a day. Absolutely. Sometimes, not every day. People feel guilty about doing that, but your mind is telling you to do that and there's a very good reason and it's telling you to relax and calm down. It's like fire f- watching in the olden times. That's what they did to relax. Well, I hope you've had lots of top tips because if you do, as Mandy says, if you stay super relaxed, this is radio, we're showing photos, Aww. not the best thing, but it's on Facebook Live. Well, we're going to have Mandy came in some photos, <laughs> some personal brand stuff, and we've printed them out and a um, tiny bit of Photoshop. We didn't <gasps> do much, Mandy. That's rude. <laughs> no Photoshop whatsoever. <laughs> And you look super gorgeous and happy and relaxed. But thank you so, so much for coming in today. Thanks for all your top tips. You really are a wonderful, positive, energised woman. Um, Keep up the good work too at at Baker Labels. I love love what you and Steve are doing, looking after your stuff. I do know a couple of people work there and they say the same thing. They say it is just just quite a unique place. Oh, thank you very much. So we will will have you back in in a little while talking all about digital businesses. Just a quick interruption to the podcast to remind you all that for the photography buffs out there, I am at the wedding and portrait stage at the photography show on Monday the 18th of March. This is the big photography show that's held every year at the NEC in Birmingham. My talk is all about the art of high volume headshots and this is my biggest speaking engagement to date. Please do come along and support me. I would love to see you there. The Photography Show is a fantastic four-day event with talks, seminars, exhibitors and all things photographic. Back to the show. In the studio, we've just had Mandy Baker, she's been fantastic, and now we have Emma Good from 24 Fingers, um, who's talking to us all things social media. But I just want to touch on what we talked about last week about recruiting, because I have had fantastic success with a Facebook ad to find new photographers. So it really does work. I, I made sure the location was quite um, small, and then I made my ad quite specific. So, so thank you for the top tips, Emma. Absolute pleasure. Great to be here again. Yeah, lovely to have you in. Um, and uh, I'm the back of that too. So another thing that um, we're going to talk about is um, brand ambassadors, which and influencers, which I know is kind of um, it's very much a catchphrase. We know we know about the Kardashians, don't we? We know about the really big ones. But there's a lot of people out there being brand ambassadors and being influencers. What is a brand ambassador? So a brand ambassador, and you're quite right, more and more um, brand ambassadors are being used to promote companies, products and services. So I think today, um, let's look at actually, is it even worth it and what we get from your budget? Um, A brand ambassador is a person, normally a celebrity, who's paid to endorse or promote a particular thing. Um, They help get a company's message out there to a wide audience and a company can do it themselves. But brand investors, I know um, we've got a couple of announcements, I want to do one of them today, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily have to be really famous, famous people. So if you're a local business, you can use brand investors, can't you? Absolutely. I think we'll come on to this, but it, the best thing to start off with, if you're thinking of using a brand, brand ambassador or an influencer, you've seen somebody on social media that you think actually they're quite a good brand fit for us, really target the kind of qualities you want in a brand ambassador. It could be that, that they must have a big 18 to 30 following, for example. It could be that they're the type of um, person that you can see wearing your clothes or, your, or um, you know, interior designing their house, for example. It's really about fitting the ambassador to your product or service or company. 
and really, really researching it because I've had some exciting news. I am now, which I haven't really announced yet, the brand ambassador for Got Photo, which is an international software developing company which does all the back end and e-commerce of our sales. And so this is a really, really exciting for me to be the brand ambassador um, and to really work alongside them. And it's really interesting seeing it from from being the brand ambassador side is how collaborative it is and how we really, really work together. And I think we're both really going to benefit from the situation. Congratulations, this is great for you. So, um, so I'm going to be doing some Facebook Lives with them and replying to their Facebook, being the admin on their Facebook group. But how, how else would you recommend that you can get the most out of your brand ambassador? Okay, so if we take this kind of step by step, um, the first one is figure out your budget. Now, budgets can range from £100 upwards. Um, you can get influencers at that level. Unless you're uh, NASA, you probably won't get the George Clooney who will come into this, but got paid like $40 million for his Nespresso campaign that's big mega bucks so don't be put off if you haven't got the biggest marketing budget in the world there will be an influencer that wants to promote you and wants to work hand in hand in partnership like um like your example that you just said yeah, because we're looking, um, we're just going to be rolling out um, a brand ambassador for our dance. We're looking for young dancers. And these kids are fantastic mm. at, at promoting businesses. They know how Instagram, and, and probably less so Facebook, but the Instagram really, really works to um, to help promote other businesses. So I so said we'll be announcing that in a, in a few weeks. I just did it now. It ruins the surprise. I'm not sure too many 15-year-olds are listening to this anyway. But we are looking for some dance ambassadors. And I think it will be fantastic because they know how to use social yep. media and shout about it. Um, and I think there must be lots of connections that, that many, most businesses could find an ambassador, couldn't they? They could. I think, um, like you said earlier, you know, it's do your research properly. So Instagram is your place to find an influencer. It's um, the first go-to platform that I would say. I would look at initially your local sector or industries. So if, for example, like Mandy, um, Mandy's got a specialism in wellbeing and mindfulness, you know, there will be lots of people who um, have associated products that would be more than happy to do a partnership with somebody like Mandy. So look by hashtag, look by location and look by industry. That would be my first tip. My second tip is go for somebody that hasn't made it to the big time yet. So look at an up and coming influencer. Now that will probably be somebody with upwards of maybe 5,000 followers. So you're not aiming for somebody that's got 500. How, how can we tell if the followers are genuine followers and not bought followers? Yep. Great question. So you'll see lots of accounts with you know 100,000 this and 100,000 that. Quick tip, if you look at the individual posts and you see only a few likes or only a few comments, that's normally a surefire way of telling that actually the followers are fake. Okay, so really, you can't just say, oh, lots of followers, you've yeah. got to see that they're dive a little, Yeah, dive a little deeper. Um, there's tools on there. We run an audit program, for example, so we can tell very quickly if somebody's bought fake followers. Um, we touched on this a few weeks ago, but please don't buy fake followers. Run a proper likes campaign on Facebook and Instagram so that you know that the followers that you have got will engage, the content will resonate, and you'll build your following even more quickly. Because actually, if you need followers, unless it's just to make you feel good about yourself, yeah. if you want followers for a reason to get your message out there, they've got to be ones that are active and engaging, otherwise no Exactly. And, and people like you, Emma, can tell if they're fake. I can tell. <laughs> at a mere glance. At a mere glance. We're going to have a little break now, and we're going to be back talking about what is the difference between a brand ambassador and an influencer. 
and we have been talking about brand ambassadors and what they do. And um, give us some examples because we were just in, in the song break. We were talking about some crazy money that some of these people get. Throw us some celebrity figures around. That always sounds good. Okay, so George Clooney, uh, $40 million he earned from the Nespresso campaign, which is just crazy. That's a whole lot of coffee. Um, that's a yeah, lot of espressos. Yeah, but it kind of works. We had Nespresso. It, it does work because every man drinking coffee now wants to be George Clooney. Um, set in the Mediterranean, looking at lovely, beautiful women um, in beautiful surroundings. You know, Nespresso didn't do that by accident. George Clooney is a clean-cut guy. He's not going to cause them any kind of embarrassing celebrity scandals. They'd have done their research very, very carefully and they'd have reaped the rewards. Yeah, and I guess, okay, we all can't have George Clooney, but it is thinking about the kind of people that aren't, because there has been a few get it wrongs, hasn't there? There has, and um, you might have seen a documentary on BBC recently around the Fire Festival. Mm. Now, this was uh, this was big news. This was what was billed the greatest party that never happened. Um, this guy a couple of years ago called Billy McFarland, he set up this um, festival. It's promised to be like the world's biggest and the world's best. There's going to be supermodels there. He sold tickets for $75,000. He promised world-class acts and everybody went crazy. And how he started the promotion for that is really clever. He got um, people like Kendall Jenner and um, who Kardashian, again, um, to put up a blank orange picture on their Instagram. So immediately the whole world was like, hmm, you know, what's, what's this? Yeah, what's this orange picture about? And people started to get loans for these tickets. People started pulling their... How, you know. how did, did he know at some point that the festival was never going to happen? If he knew, he didn't say. <laughs> so yeah, he probably, he probably did know. So when and we're not recommending conning <laughs> loads of people out of festival ticket money by getting uh, Kyle Jenner to, to promote, but but just on that level, when we look at the really big celebs, just what crazy influence that people yeah, can have, and, and we can do it on a smaller scale, can't we? Exactly. So that, what does Kyle Jenner get a post? So she gets a million dollars a post. So for her pressing tap. She gets a million dollars, which um, is immoral, crazy, as any adjective that you want to. That's crazy. But if a product is going to be in, um, in partnership with her, that product will fly off the shelves because there's yeah. a there's an audience for it. So clearly they wouldn't be spending that million if they didn't see a return on their bottom line. I guess they can probably see the return quite quickly, yeah, can't they? they exactly. it's, it's quite a quantifiable marketing thing to do. Completely. Um, we're not recommending spending a million pounds we're not. On, a, on a post. Probably, probably not many of my listeners have got that much money <laughs> altogether. But yeah, it, it's just amazing. It's just showing the absolute power. Yeah. And I think, and what I say, when I was talking a little bit earlier about these, the dance girls we have, the teenage girls, we photograph at dance schools. They are so onto it with their brand ambassadors. If ever dancewear company says we need brand ambassadors, they know how the game works. They know yeah. what they have to do, and and they really want to engage. So that, that's in my industry, but there must be in other industries people that that know how this works and really really can help you completely. And I think um, like like we said earlier, you know, you're going from the Christian Ronaldo seven hundred fifty thousand dollars per post down to the hundred pounds. Find somewhere that you're comfortable with and make sure that it's part of your marketing spend, not all of it. Don't put all your annual marketing budget into one influencer in, um, endorsement because, you know, that's quite a big gamble. Wow. It's quite a big risk. So, so are there a lot of people getting sort of £100 pounds a post? Or it, yeah, there, there are. If you find somebody with, I would say, kind of 5,000 on average followers, typically the fee for them to do a sponsored post would be around £100 pounds upwards. What that will get you is um, a post across social media. It will probably get you a review. It has to be um, tagged now as sponsored or an ad. Um, there's quite strict guidelines around that now. So if you see a branded post that hasn't been hashtag sponsored or ad, that's actually against um, guidelines. That's quite oh, a good point. You can get fined for that. 
And even someone on my level who's just having yeah, a dance room for some exchange some photos. Yeah, be careful. Yeah, if it's if you're paying for that promotion, oh, if you're buying out the yeah. actual actual amount. We're, we're not we're not paying for. No, we're gonna do it. We're going to do contra deals. It's going to do organically. <laughs> but no, if if you hire a blogger or an influencer or a brand ambassador to put something on their Instagram feed on your behalf, and it's a, from a review, and you pay for that positive review, you need to flag that as a sponsored ad post. And also interesting, I think, if we're looking and 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 just going, take it with a grain of salt, isn't it? If they if, if one of if influencers are um, really shouting about brands, to look for that hashtag to make sure. Yeah, it's it's genuine, exactly. And um, that struck me earlier that the biggest thing about brand ambassadors they need to fit your company culture, they need to fit your brand and your values. There's no point you going hiring somebody that on paper has got 20,000 followers and only going to charge you £100, but it's going to be pictured falling out of a nightclub the next day. That's not the look that you want. So can we tell, if we were to, uh, to pay for an influencer, who their actual demographics are that's liking and sharing and inter- interacting on their, on their feed? So most influencers will have a media kit. So when you approach them about a potential collaboration, they'll be able to give you a media kit. And the media kit will tell you a few things. It will tell you the volume of web traffic that they get. It will tell you things like their domain authority, i.e. how um, important Google ranks their website. It will tell you age, it will tell you gender, and that will give you a feeling of are there followers, the kind of people you want to mm. attract, are they your ideal clients? And I guess, but again, it's quite quantifiable because we do any kind of marketing. I think people think marketing is all the, the shiny, lovely design stuff, but actually marketing is the stats and saying, I've spent the money, am I seeing a return? And there's, you're quite right, and there's quite a few ways that you can track that now. Um, obvious way is a discount code around that campaign. Yeah. So if you've got a product, um, you can give, especially on the e-commerce side, you can give somebody unique products. You can directly quantify in Google yeah. Analytics how many visitors came on that site, how many checked out and what code that they use. That's a really easy way. You'll also see an uplift in organic and direct um, web traffic as well. So it's not just about product sales. You should see an uplift across the whole of the board as well. We've been talking to social media whiz kid, uh, Emma Good, on getting brand ambassadors and influencers. Um, we, we talked about the big stars who get millions of pounds, but actually it's quite accessible to local businesses, isn't it? So, you know, looking at the, the right brand. But so say we, we identified it's something we wanted to look into. What next? How do we start the planning? Okay, so um, you've established the kind of influencer that you want to work with. Reach out to them. Um, normally, direct message on Instagram is absolutely fine. They'll come back with a, yes, um, I'd like to work with you too. I think appetite is probably quite important. Make sure that your influencer actually is interested in your product or services. You want somebody that's going to work with you and um, work in collaboration on this partnership. You don't want somebody that's just going to kind of take the money and run. Um, Then start to look at and think about what type of content is going to work. Um, The content needs to resonate with their followers. So look at what style they've used in the past. Look at whether they're hashtag heavy. Look at whether they use lots of emojis. Look at whether they do lots of live videos and that will give you some clues around what their audience resonates with. How do we find an influencer? Do you, do you just sort of come across them and then start having a bit of a closer look at it? Or if you did want to have an influencer, do you start um, do you start really looking around Instagram yourself? Just spend a lot of time on Instagram. Look at the kind of posts that appeal to you because if they appeal to you, they're more than likely going to appeal to your ideal client as well and start checking out whether the influencer already does partnerships and sponsored posts. Okay, brilliant. And and so we've done it all. How do we know 
that it's made a difference? How do we know that it's actually worked? Okay, so I would say my top tips on this are agree your KPIs. It's so important. Um, don't leave it to chance. Don't just say to the influencer, yep, put out a post and we'll see what happens. Make sure there's agreed um, timescales, that there's agreed number of posts and there's agreed time slots. No point in spending all of that money if somebody then goes and posts at nine in the morning when really you want to hit their audience at nine o'clock at night. Um, you know, it, it's those kind of attention to details that will signify the success or the failure of your campaign. Um, look at how it's going to be tracked. So will it be tracked through a discount code? Will it be tracked through web traffic? Will it be a combination um, of each of those? But make sure there's trackable stats. Um, clicks, um, you know, likes are great, but clicks matter. Matter. Excellent. So go on, give us a few more celebrities. Oh. Well, I was just saying, a few more celebrities. The good, the bad, and the indifferent. Okay, the good, bad, and the indifferent. So um, the, you can't go wrong with George Clooney. Um, David Beckham doing H&M, that was a great brand yeah. fit. Um, I think he must have shifted a lot of uh, undergarments off the shelves by doing that. The bad, um, when Britney Spears signed a multi-million pound deal, with, a dollar deal with Pepsi, um, she got sacked a few weeks later after being spotted drinking Coke. Um, wow. Yeah, it's kind of like a basic mistake, isn't it? A bit, <laughs> it is a bit 101. Um, they, Coke actually don't do any uh, brand ambassadorships. They let Santa speak for their brand. Oh. A little interesting fact. And then the ugly, um, Kendall Jenner and her Pepsi ad went horribly wrong uh, when she was um, filmed giving a can of um, Pepsi to a police force on the Black Lives Matter um, campaign. It was all horrid kind of racial controversy. So pick the theme, really research it, look at what potentially could go wrong. Um, that's not going to happen to a local SME <laughs> business in Brentwood. But, um, but you know what, it actually yeah. it, it could on a very much smaller scale. If you get, it could blow up, yeah. yeah. You know, and especially if they post something that is maybe political or, yeah, or exactly, incorrect yeah. and things, and they could really, really damage your brand. Exactly. So anyone thinking about it, let's take it from the top. What are the top tips? Now? Okay, top tips. Um, find the influencer that has a lot of your ideal clients and has a following of the type of people you want to, to uh, attract to your brand. Make sure that they've got a certain following level. You don't really want the kind of thousand follower marks. You want kind of 5,000 5, upwards. 5,000, pretty it's, active. Yeah, yeah. it's going to make a difference. Make sure that the feed um, has engagement. Make sure they haven't just bought a lot of uh, fake followers for 99 cents. Make sure that there is um, comments and engagement on the feed. And then put in your um, campaign plan to know how many posts you're going to do, when you're going to do them, whether there's going to be a teaser campaign, put in your trackable metrics, so make sure that you've got all the codes on your website, make sure that Google Analytics understands what you're going to do. And then um, my last top tip is follow up and debrief and build a relationship because it could be the start of something very wonderful and if an influencer is also on the rise then your product and service can rise with them. I think that's great and, and develop, even though it's all social media and, and it's not, um, especially maybe some of the younger influencers aren't that good at actually speaking on the telephone, but it's a great idea, isn't it, to make it personal and really build that relationship. Exactly. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming thank you in. Thank um, Really good top tips. I mean, the whole kind of brand ambassador and influencer feels a bit out there, but it is available really locally. It's and there accessible. are some amazing people just, you know, totally working Instagram and, and, and making it work. But um, we'll have you back next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate review and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. It really does help people find us. 
Find us too on Instagram and Facebook under Carmel Jane Talks Business or Twitter and LinkedIn at Carmel Jane. Join us next week. We'll be having a special event panel discussion for International Women's Day, which is on the 8th of March. We'll be discussing hot topics on everything to do with women in the workplace. And do remember, if you have any business questions you would like answered, email in on carmel at carmeljane.co.uk or post on our Facebook, Carmel Jane Talks Business. We would love to hear from you. I'm Carmel Jane, and remember, dream bigger, believe bigger, and make a difference.